Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Dead Man Down. Revenge. I've never thought about it before. But when I saw you, I knew I had my answer. I am Beatrice. Victor. Would you follow me? I wanted to find out more about you. I want to take you somewhere. I know why you really came tonight. You want to find out if the girl's been watching you saw what you did. I saw you kill this man. The man who did this to me. I want you to kill him. tracking me. The best thing this person can do is to beg me for mercy. I don't think he'll beg for mercy. He wouldn't get it anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Nigel Smith from IndieWire, and tonight's guest, Nomi Rapaz. Good evening. Thanks, everyone, for coming out tonight, and thank you, Nomi, for being here. So let's get a little context out of the way first and explain the origins of your character and her kind of unique and complex uh, relationship to Colin Farrell's character. Yeah. Um... Hi, everybody. <laughs> I play this uh, young uh, woman, Beatrice, who was um, hit by a car like a year ago. And um, she almost died. She woke up at the hospital, and she kind of wished that she would have died instead because her face is destroyed. And, um, and then she goes through all those steps of plastic surgery, but she can't see that her face actually improved, and she looks much better when you see her in the movie she still sees herself as a freak. And she lives with her mother, Isabelle Hubert. And um, her mother is very, you know, she's so pretty and beautiful and this French petite woman. And um, it's almost like Beatrice's life is on hold. And then she sees Colin um, kill someone, actually, in his apartment. 
they live across each other. And then she kind of realizes or understands that that's her solution. If, he, if she can only get this man killed, the one who did this to her, she will actually get free and she, she can kind of go back to life and start to live again. Um, so that's kind of how it starts and then, you know, things kind of doesn't really go that way. <laughs> There's a lot of twists and turns yeah. that we shouldn't reveal for the audience here. Um, now this marks, you know, your big reunion with the director of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the film that kind of made your, your name here in uh, North America. But um, uh, it's not only his first English language feature, it also, watching it, I was kind of drawn to the parallels between the two characters of Lisbeth Salander and, um, and Beatrice in this film, in that you know they're both vengeful heroines, and they both have very kind of dark, um, dark pasts. Did you draw the parallels when you were first approached, or was it just happenstance that you know the two movies you did with Niels are are kind of similar in tone? Um, well, I would say that um, they have similarities, but Beatrice is much more um, feminine and girly, and and. Um, I think that they both have this kind of revenge and, and anger and rage in them. But, you know, if it was Lisbeth in this movie, she would just gone, you know, put this guy's house on fire or killed him. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> should have done it herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but Beatrice, she doesn't have that in her. She, she can't do it herself. She needs someone. She needs a hitman. She needs someone to, to do it for her because she's not. She has like very violent thoughts, but she she's not capable of doing it herself. So there's similarities, but also um, they're quite far away from each other in, in many ways. And we're gonna show a scene from the film. It's a quite pivotal scene that occurs like within the first 20 or so minutes that sets the plot in motion. You don't have to play these games, Victor. I know why you really came. You're just being careful. You want to find out if the girl who's been watching you saw what you did? I saw you kill this man. I saw you strangle him. I saw you take him away. Now you're trying to clean up a mess that cannot be cleaned up. But I, uh, I think your secret will be safe with me. This is the man who did this to me. I want you to kill him. As you did with the man in your apartment. No! If you don't do it, I'll call the police and tell them what I saw. Pretty intense. So let's talk about the makeup in the film. I want to know how important it was for you in you know, forming the character and also how long it took you each day to you know, put the makeup on before you went to set. Um, well, I'm, I'm always very involved in, in the look of the character to find you know, uh, the right costumes, the way she dresses, the way... You know, when she's wearing makeup and when she's not wearing makeup, for me, it's like if I'm doing a scene when I'm, you know, waking up in a bed, you know, in the morning, I don't want to have full makeup on. I want to have a clean face. So I'm always kind of going back to what's real, what's, 
what's actually happening in the in in the movie and and in the situations for this character. Um, so it was a lot, it was a journey to kind of find how much we should do, you know, how, how many scars we should put on because I wanted more scars, <laughs> but I always want more. And um, um, and then I think that she sees herself um, in 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 one way, and the world sees her in, in a different way. And I think Niels, the director, was trying to kind of help me see it from the other perspective. So I had to kind of. I'm quite stubborn, but I had to let go. Um, and um, it, I think it took me like three hours every morning. And I'm really restless. I find it really hard to, to sit still for that long. So I was, uh, I, I put on really loud music and uh, <laughs> was really struggling to, to be still. And I was like, I need to stand up. I need to just go out for coffee. So, um, but, um, uh, and I also think that Beatrice is trying to hide the scars by kind of putting a lot of um, makeup on. She's, you know, she almost dresses like a, a doll or, you know, she's very um, feminine and she's almost like overdoing it to kind of um, even up um, the ugliness that she sees. And you mentioned earlier that your mother in the film is played by Isabelle Huppert which uh, surprised me watching it. You know, you don't normally see her in English language films, let alone action films. How exactly did she become involved? Was it you reaching out to her, or was it just that she was really uh, attracted um, to the material? Well, we talked about, Niels and I talked about, and Joel Wyman, uh, who wrote the script and who was one of the producers that, you know, who is number one on our wish list. And we all loved her, and they was like, but she says no to everything, you know, it's impossible. She's never going to do it. <laughs> And uh, then Nils reached out to her, and um, and I don't think she was available. It was like difficult, and you know. And then it kind of looked like she wouldn't be able to do it, and or that she didn't want to do it. And then I wrote her a long email, just saying how much I I adore her and love her, and that she's one of my heroes. And I've been inspired by her since I don't know how long. You know, when I saw the piano teacher, I was so blown away, and I I just couldn't let it go. So for me to, you know, to have her in the same movie and, you know, her playing my mom was a dream coming through. So, um, and she's a very strong-minded, uh, amazing woman. What did you learn from her on set? Did she give you any kind of career advice? Um, no, not really. But she, I remember that she... Um, after a take, she went over to the to the monitor and looked at herself, and and she had like she wanted them to kind of change the light a little bit, something. And and I was like, I can't watch myself. I never see myself. You know, I find it really hard. And she was like, You learn, you know, because when you you have to, you know, the more you can kind of uh, be aware of things. And you know, uh, she she said to me that she didn't look at herself when she was younger, but when she kind of now she does. Um, and she said, you can, you know, you will be able to separate things. Um, so we talked a lot about like acting and uh, uh, being inside it because I don't, I, when I'm working, I kind of, it's, it's almost like I want to stay inside the bubble. I don't want to see and judge myself from the outside, but she could clearly kind of step in and out. Um, so I was, I, I was kind of, it fascinated me because I can't do that. <laughs> I'm just staying inside and I don't, I don't want to, look at myself from that side. Do you find it tough then to watch your own films? Yeah. 
Um, so let's uh, take a little break from the movie itself and talk about your m- remarkable run in Hollywood. I mean, ever since the, the film that you did with this director, Girl, Girl Dragon Tattoo, you've been on this crazy journey, you know, in the uh, Hollywood filmmaking landscape, working with directors like uh, Ridley Scott and Guy Ritchie. Um, have you had a chance to kind of, you know, take a step back and just reflect on, you know, all the success you've had over these past couple of years? Well, um, sometimes I wake up and, you know, I'm kind of afraid that I will realize that I'm just like 15 again and in my bed in Sweden. (laughs) And it was just a very beautiful dream. (laughs) But, um, um, well, I'm I'm, I'm extremely, you know, honored and, and happy and kind of in shock that I've been working with those incredible people. And um, on Monday, I start a movie in, in, in New York with amazing, you know, actors and a fantastic director. And uh, it's, I'm just trying to live up to it and do, you know, work as hard as I can and always kind of push myself further out and never, never be, um, I'm never really satisfied. I, I think that satisfaction is, for me, something I'm trying to, to avoid. So I don't, I, I find it really hard to enjoy things sometimes because I'm always on the next step. I'm always, you know, okay, I, I can do better. I can improve. I can be, you know, more brave. I should have done it that way. So even though I've been working with all those amazing filmmakers, when I see Prometheus, I just see like, okay, next time. <laughs> That's so upsetting to hear. You're so wonderful in all these films. <laughs> um, so why don't we show another clip from the film? I think it's a clip that's actually following the scene that we just watched. So we'll go to that, please. He didn't pay. He didn't pay. Stop saying that, I understand. You're gonna do it. What I did, it has nothing to do with you. You have to do this. He ruined my life. I have nothing. I am nothing. I want to done as soon as possible. Then I will forget. I will begin my life. And I will forget that I ever met you. You know what it is to kill a man. But it's not a bug. It's not a rat. I would never kill a bug or a rat. He's much worse than this thing. You don't know what you're getting into with me. You have no idea. Okay, so now we're going to open it up to the audience. And if anybody has a question, please just raise your hand and a mic will magically appear. Hi, Nomi, big fan of Sherlock Holmes. What was your experience like in Sherlock Holmes' A Game of Shadows? And what was Robert Downey Jr. For like from your perspective? Oh, I, I adore Robert. He's a very intense, strong, passionate man. And he gives, it, you know, he was constantly working, in, you know, kind of making adjustments, tweaking the script. He's very, you know, I think he's one of the most intelligent men I've met in a way. His brain is just works in a way that you can't even, um, it's really hard to <laughs> to understand and cope up with. But um, it was really inspiring and I was, I didn't really speak English um, like f- three and a half, four years ago. So when I when I was, you know, prepping for, Prome- uh, for, for Sherlock, I was quite nervous and, and, um, I, I wasn't sure that I would kind of be able to keep up with him because I know that he, he does a lot of ad-lib and improvises and, and stuff like that. So, But he was... Um, I forgot, like, the second day that I was nervous and that it was not my, my first language because he was 
so supportive, so lovely, and he just like embraced me and, and took care of me in the best way. So it was, uh, I, had, I had a lot of fun working with them. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say, I'm a huge fan of your work. I love Prometheus, and I love the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo uh, trilogy. So uh, my question was, um, from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo to Prometheus to uh, Dead Man Down, uh, some of them are very like tonally different Film. So I was just curious, what really draws you um, to to act in these different films? Uh, and um, is there an actor you'd love to uh, work with in the future? Well, I'm 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 drawn to kind of more complicated, twisted characters, and 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 I like you know when I read a script and I can't really predict where it's going. That always inspires me because there's a lot of stories, a lot of scripts that are, you know, after like 15 pages, you kind of know where it's going and you've seen it before. And it's just like, okay, why should we do another one, you know? So I, I think I always, I'm always looking for something new. I never want to kind of repeat myself. And I love to change, you know, ch shape. I can, you know, I know I can be fat, I can be blonde, I can be skinny, I can, you know do anything i have no uh, i don't think there is anything i wouldn't do if i find that it's right for the character but it's so but it's always a combination of you know the actors the director and the script um and there's so many amazing you know filmmakers and actors that i would love to work with um darren aronofsky is is a person that i deeply respect and you know sean penn is one of my favorite actors so and now I'm going to work with Tom Hardy, and, and he's um, an actor that I admire and deeply respect. And so I'm, uh, you know, I'm really lucky. Hi, great to talk to you. Um, your character in the, all of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy is completely amazing. Um, how do you prepare for a role like that in that film, as well as in the one that they were showcasing? Well, um, it's always. I try to prepare as much as possible. I, I like, you know, I, I, I want to do research or, you know, sometimes I have to change my body or, you know, for the girl with the dragon tattoo, I did a lot of kickboxing and Thai boxing for maybe seven months before, like every day. And I was on a diet. I wanted to change my body and be a bit more kind of boyish. And, um, and I took the license for motorcycle and I did all those piercings and you had to do them, you know, I could do two at the same time and then I kind of had to wait and let my face accept them and then I could come back a month later and do two more. So it was like different steps. Um, and for the other characters, it's more like um, I collect information and, and do research and talk to people to kind of, to understand. Sometimes it's more kind of a psychological preparation um, I did a movie called Baby Call, and then I was doing a lot of research, and I met women that kind of been in the same situation as my character, and I spoke to a professor on psychosis, because um, the character I played was kind of goes into a psychotic um, world. She has like two realities, so it's very different. But um, in Prometheus, I did a lot of physical work. I was running, um, worked with a trainer like every morning, super early. <laughs> And um, and I was working with Ridley and and uh, so it's some it's it's com kind of a combination of physical and emotional and psychological. It's like three different things. 
You were telling me earlier in the, the green room that on this film you only had something like four days to, to prepare for, which is pretty remarkable given the, yeah. given the complexities of the role. Yeah, I came straight from Berlin. I, I did a movie called Passion with Brian De Palma and, and I finished like May the 2nd something and, and I flew straight to Philadelphia and because they pushed the movie so I could do it. So it was not really, I couldn't really say, hey guys, I need two more weeks. Um, so I had to kind of jump straight into it. But because I knew Niels since before, it kind of felt like it was doable um, because we have a closer relationship and we... We don't need to kind of dance around and be polite. We can go straight into the conflicts. First of all, I respect the fact that you are acting so well in the English language, having to learn all those difficult roles. And second of all, do these difficult scenes give you nightmares? And do you dream in English or in Swedish? <laughs> Well, <laughs> um, I actually dream in English. Um, yeah, and I was at the gym um, yesterday in the morning and doing like sit-ups and I was like one, two, three, four, five. I was like, what am I doing? So, I'm, you know, it's, but I did that switch uh, once before when I was a, a child. I moved to Iceland when I was four. And then my mom told me that I, just in a month or something, I just switched into Icelandic and, um, so it's almost like my brain switched now. Um, but I have, you know, I was not really, I, I didn't really go to schools and stuff and I, I was not a good student. So I don't know, you know, any grammar and everything I know is just by like listening to people, watching movies, talk shows. I, I, I kind of learned English just on my own. Um, when I did Prometheus, I, when I did that scene with the cesarean, when I take that, my baby out. <laughs> Alien baby. My baby. <laughs> um, it, it's, it messed me up quite a lot. I remember one, one uh, I dreamt that I woke up and I went into the, to the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was turning black. Like I saw that my face was like cracking and turning black. And then I, like something was like growing on my belly and I saw, you know, it was like, it's, I saw it really you know, and then I was like, oh my God, I, I panicked in the dream and I was like, I better call someone. <laughs> I was like, I better call Ridley. <laughs> that was a bit fair. So it was almost like Ridley and this weird, you know, um, the, whole, the nightmare of having an unknown thing growing in you. It, it just, it was a week in, in hell in a way. But um, at the same time, we had so much fun. I was always laughing with Ridley and he came in, he was like, I was, you know, on that table and screaming and sweating and out of breath. And he was like, dude, do you have another one in you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay, good. And so let's do 10 more. <laughs> so he was always, uh, we, had, we had good some fun at the same time. But yeah, it gets to me. Watching that scene, I have to say, was like the f most squirm-inducing five minutes I had of last year. I I'm so curious to know what it was like for you when you finally saw that, you know, finished cut scene with the special effects and everything. You know what? It was not that much um, special effects, that's the thing, because they actually had this thing coming up and moving when we were doing this scene. It was a guy sitting under me with a remote control. <laughs> um, and um, a lot of movements I was actually doing with my, with my stomach. Just like, yeah, muscular things. But um, 
No, it's it's quite intense. Um, and I always watch things like this. But um, no, I, I think that really, it's almost like he creates beauty in the most kind of gross, savage <laughs> situations. Hello, I just have to say, as an aspiring filmmaker, you are truly an inspiration with your dedication and your daring choices. Um, my question is, could you talk a little bit about, um, you've made some very risky, uh, bold choices in many of your performances. Could you talk a little bit about um, the relationship and the trust in your director um, and how he helped you uh, choose those bold choices? Um, well, yeah. It's a very good question because that's one of the key things for me always. I need to, because I'm very creative and I know, you know, it's like I can't let things, I have to, it's almost like the character kind of moves in and it stays in me. I can't leave it. I, it's not like I can shoot the whole day and go back home and, you know, oh, now I'm new me again. It's, it's almost like. I kind of melt together with the character and, and I become something else for a couple of months or six months or whatever it is. Um, and, and most of the directors I work with invites me and kind of like to have that conversation and, and um, dialogue about things. So because I get, you know, I always have ideas and things I want to try or change or... Um, and I, I kind of want to take risks and put me out there on the on the edge, but I can always I I can't do that on my own. I need to feel like um that someone is you know holding my back. That's that someone is in there with me, because you you never know because it's uh it's a, like a mind game. You you can't get lost. And I I kind of I don't wanna um, hold back things or do safe choices. I want to go as far as possible, but it's only possible if, if you have someone in there that kind of knows what you're doing. Um, and I've been extremely lucky because the people I work with um, want to go there and kind of want to explore this, you know, this kind of um, little bit risky zone. And uh, because I'm, I have this almost like an obsession for like the human psyche, I find it really interesting to to go there and to explore things and, and also ask myself, do I have it in me? You know, would it, could it be me? Um, so um, it's very important for me, the choices of directors and, and the, the dialogue and the chemistry. Now you work with the new again. Uh, did he allow you any improv? And, and one more question, uh, what do you think about he's actually remaking uh, Flatliners for the next film? I am. I adore Niels. I think he's very. He's a very passionate filmmaker, and um, we are both very stubborn and very decisive. But the good thing is, when you work with someone that you trust, you can come with really, you know, bad ideas, and like say, "I want to try this. I think we should change this scene into this." And he could be like, "Normally, that's a really crappy idea." I don't think so. And I can be like fighting for it maybe a little bit. And then I was like, ah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's a really bad idea. And sometimes it's good ideas. So, and we have that kind of very honest, open relationship. And, um, and I, I love him for never giving up. He's very, even though we can be behind and it was like, everybody's waiting, we have to move on. And he was like, 
there's something coming. And he's like, let her do one more take. So he always, he's, he's very loyal with the actors and with the scenes. And, um, and that's a great gift for me. And I'm not really familiar with what he's doing next, to be honest. We haven't talked about it. I met him just very briefly in, in LA because we did press, but as you know, you sit and do different interviews and you don't really have time to talk. Now, I was wondering if you had read the trilogy before doing Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and if you did, when reading, there was a time where you couldn't see yourself completing the role. There was a point where it was too much and that you needed the... the reassurance from Niels that you can or the trust would be there or that you wanted to twerk some aspects of the book? Um, well, yeah, I read the books, the three of them before. Um, and I loved Lisbeth, you know, from the first moment. Um, and I never think, you know, the first time I met Niels, um, I came dressed in my husband's at that time clothes I was dressed as a man as a boy and I was like I had this long list of things I wanted to do I was like if you want me to do this I want to shave my head I want to do the piercings I want to take this license for motorcycle I want to do the fight scenes I want to do the rape scene I you know and I was like we can't avoid anything we can't go safe we have to go all the way um anything except from that would be insulting towards Stig Larsson, and he is really putting the spotlight, everybody's attention on those problems, you know, rapes, violence against women. So it's our duty to kind of go in there and explore it and, and do it real, as real as we, you know, just as real as possible. So it was always my goal and my decision to, to push it. And when we did the rape scene, um, I said to Niels, uh, don't stop it, you know. I whatever I say, whatever I scream. If and then, you know, I, I'll I, I'll can you know take care of myself. You don't need to protect me, but you know. And then we kind of he was he wanted me to have like a, a word that I would say if, if I wanted him to stop it, stop it. And then I was like, okay, if you say no me, because that would break, you know, for me because I don't think about no me. If I said my own name, he would cut. So we did um, many takes, and I remember that you know. A lot of crew members left the room because they couldn't uh, take it in a way. And uh, so I think because I, I trusted him and, and, and we wanted to go there together, it was possible to, and I, I lost, you know, I, I, it's almost like a blackout. I don't really remember. We were working with that kind of whole chapter, the relationship between Lisbeth and Bureman, the lawyer, for like four days. And... Um, the weird thing is that I can actually, it kind of gives me energy back if I feel like, you know, we did everything we could. If I would have felt like I'm avoiding things, trying to look good, trying to be sexy, or trying to be, uh, I'm, I'm afraid, I, I don't have the guts to go there, I would probably feel really bad. But now when I felt like, okay, we did everything, you know, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, I know that I couldn't have done more. Then I can let it go and have peace. Hi. Um what are the major differences between filming an American film like Dead Man Down or Sherlock Holmes, Prometheus, and a smaller Swedish film like um, Grey Wolf the Dragon Tattoo? Well, for me, it's not really a big difference because I have to kind of do the same work. It's, it's, I'm always trying to find a way to not 
pretend, to not lie, to not fake things. Um, I need to kind of run everything through my own blood system <laughs> and, and, and try to erase and delete the distance between me and the character to kind of melt in together with her. So, and then I kind of, you know, I kind of forget about everything around me. You know, if I have a really big trailer with like PAs and assistants and people working for me, or if it's just like, you know, a very small set with only like, you know, 20, 40 people in the crew, it doesn't really affect me that much, to be honest. So I think that it's, it's probably, you know, when I spoke to Niels, you know, for him, it's 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 quite different, I think, because he, it's like he, you know, if he is a kid, he has bigger tools to play with and bigger toys. I, I have to do the same work, and I don't really care if it's a big studio movie or if it's a small indie film. Well, thank you so much, Numi. And the film comes out this Friday.